Video games. Talking about video games. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Uh, this is Namek vs. Sand podcast. Uh, again, I am Patrick Shanley, editor with The Hollywood Reporter. Uh, joining me, as always, is my high school friend and still my friend, Edmund Arnold. Uh, Edmund, how are you doing? We're doing well. We're doing real well tonight. Um, just had a big bout with this fly. I think I killed it. Uh, <laughs> but other than that, I think we're good. It's really funny that you bring that up. This is completely unrelated to everything. But I just, like, killed, like, 13 flies the other day. There was, like, an infestation in my house. It makes you feel like a man. Um, That's how I felt. I very rarely do, so. I killed that fly, took off my shirt, (laughs) went outside for a little bit, you know, kind of staked my masculinity in the neighborhood. No one's messing with me right now. Good. They shouldn't. That fly certainly isn't. It's it's dead. (laughs) Dead fly association. All right. You want this is going to impress you. How about this first segue? Speaking of flies and how small they are, uh, last episode we got to speak to people at Little Nightmares, and Little Nightmares is a lot like being a fly in a person's apartment. A lot like being a fly in Eddie's apartment if you're not good at the game and you will get smashed to pieces. Uh, I just wanted to give a, a big shout out and a thank you uh, to the guys at Tarjir Studios. Uh, I'm going to butcher their names. Uh, uh, Dennis Talajic and Henrik Larson of Tarjir Studios. Uh, they were the designers of Little Nightmares, and they were nice enough to talk to us uh, last week. Uh, I'm sure there'll be a link uh, that people can click back to uh, to listen to that. It was a pretty cool conversation. They talked about the possibility of a sequel, uh, the inspirations for the games. It was a really interesting conversation. Uh, Eddie has uh, just finished the game, I believe. Uh, so, Eddie, what are your thoughts on Little Nightmares? Overall, I would. I, I mean, I loved it. It was great from start to finish. Um, I listened to the interview that you just had with those wonderful developer and the creator. Um, They're the sweetest Darjay guys. Studios. They, it's great guys. Sound like I wish I was there. Yeah, I was kind of sad um, that we couldn't make it. Work. I know. Unfortunately, I would have liked to ask them what's the matter with them. Get my psychology degree to some use. Um, <laughs> but yeah, psychoanalyze um, these video game designers. <laughs> <laughs> just slowly just say hey, come step in my office um but yeah just you know just talking about them speaking on the studio ghibli um uh, influences and i kind of compared it to pixar <clears throat> uh and you could kind of see it in a lot of the character designs and things like that Absolutely. um especially um in the earlier ghibli movies studio ghibli movies um so overall the the game feels really weird there's this um they kind of touched on it a little bit, but there's a point in this video game where everything kind of flips on its end, and you don't really know if you're playing as a villain or not, and I'll right. leave it at that. Um, so just on that twist that the plot presents to you and the way it presents that twist to you in, in such an engaging way, I think everyone should give this game a try. Um, like I said, it's $30. You can buy it on Steam. You can buy it on the PlayStation Store, Xbox Live Store. It's virtually on every system. Um, so give it a try, man. It's just a great game. It's a great experience, and it will, it will it'll be one of those things that you can talk about with your friends, and everyone will have a different conclusion of how it ended. Do they have it on Sega Dreamcast? You said every system. So. Oh, man, unfortunately, no. Why would you – Sega Dreamcast is such a sore subject for me. I don't even know why you would bring that up. It's, it's the greatest thing that ever happened in my life. It is the greatest system ever created. Oh, the little – the memory cards with the screens on it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Little Nightmare should have been released for the Dreamcast. It probably would have saved the um, console. 
I feel like we should we should talk to them again. Is what I'm getting from this conversation is that we need to get them back on the phone and be like, hey, <laughs> either build a time machine or <laughs> retroactively bring Dreamcast back from the dead. I don't care which one they do. I'm not a stickler, but I want that to happen, and I'm going to make it happen. It, it needs to happen. It needs. It to. really needs to happen. Um, just specifically because of the ending. So I don't want to spoil the ending. Oh. We'll play the game to get to the ending. Okay, right. that's that it. is a tease. Eddie, do you, have, do you have a rating system, like two thumbs or five um, headless horsemen? I don't have a rating system right now, but I'm going to go old school in living color days and give it um, two snaps in a circle. Yes. Oh, my God. I love it. Fire Marshal Fantastic. Bill. Play it. Play it. Play it. Please <laughs> play it. Pajier Studios. Um, oh, and another, just a side note. They're releasing DLC. Mm. I guess they're um, release so you can play as different characters. You yes. don't have to play as six, the young lady. Yeah. Um, you can, you can play seven different characters you can play as. So, go ahead, go support this team. Go support these small studios making these games. You heard it here first. That's true, though. Actually, I I agree with that. It's cool that uh, like movies too. You know, like there's um, uh, a way for people to uh, get into the industry who didn't have a chance to get into it beforehand. We see a lot of these uh, indie places, these smaller studios coming up, and they're making really good products. So if you don't buy them, you have no one to blame but yourself. Yes, stop pirating stuff. Stop it. Stuff. Please, please. Right. Stop seeing pirates movies. Also. Yeah, stop that too. I mean, Garbage ass pirates can we, movies. Can we stop? Can we stop as a society, please? Just stop Just seeing them. Stop all pirates. <laughs> Just everywhere. no more pirates in general. Yeah, I can't really think of a positive for pirates. There is none. There is no. <laughs> Just negatives across the board. <laughs> oh, we're taking a strong anti-piracy stance. Except for this podcast. Go ahead and pirate that. Yeah, uh, go ahead. Let's say some more thanks to the people who did our theme song, our awesome theme song. Uh, me for providing the vocals. You're welcome, everyone. Wonderful, wonderful <laughs> vocals, by the way. But yeah. also, uh, podcastthemes.com, the number one place to get a theme for your podcast. Free themes too. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, they're all good. No need for piracy, actually, on those. No, no, no. Okay. no, no. Well, we talked a little bit about video games, but we should probably actually talk about video games that we haven't already spoken about eddie you are deep in the throes of injustice 2 which from your own admission is the greatest fighting game that you have ever played is that still true today as it was the last time you said it yes but before we start with injustice 2 and since we're speaking about fighting Mm -hmm. i think we need to speak on our title of our podcast before we start anything else because we may get questions about namek versus saiyan and this is a philosophical f- debate that we have had forever. Um, you and I have had this debate since I think we've met. I, it was um, probably the first conversation we had. I, I believe so. I wouldn't I be surprised. So. Um, so I'm a firm believer that all Namekians, um, that is their classical name. If you haven't watched Dragon Ball Z, you're an idiot and you need to go watch it right now. Um, <laughs> That's true. You can't argue that. It's single-handedly the greatest story ever told. Ever. Um, Gilgamesh? No. Mm, no. No. The Odyssey? Uh uh-uh. uh. Get out of here. Nice try. Get out of here. Homer. Dragon Ball Z? Yeah. That is poetry in motion, my friend. That's what we're talking <laughs> so about. If you, if you have not seen it, get out of your rock. Please <laughs> watch it. So, back to the point at hand. Namekians, in my opinion, yes. are the black people of the Dragon Ball Z universe right and we'll leave it at that we can get into this we can get into this well um, will we leave it later. at that okay i'm just saying there are there are counterpoints to be made and i have a few of them 
but we'll we'll table it. All right. Like if you want to yeah, just make that hot claim and throw that out there and not even explain how Saiyans are quite possibly even more black than Namekians are, fine. They could be. They could be. Uh, but but I believe the Namekians are the ultimate black race of the Dragon Ball Z universe. Um, in that so, so in this the scenario. Namekians, are like the Black Panthers, whereas <laughs> the, the Saiyans are like, hmm, give me a minute to think of a comparison because I can't think of a PC comparison right now. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get canceled in the first two hours. <laughs> I had to stop myself right there because I realized I still have another job. <laughs> <laughs> I hope nobody's listening from that job. <laughs> Don't you work with kids? I do. I do work with kids. Yeah. I'm old minds. Oh, my gosh. All right, well, the debate rages on, Namek versus Saiyan. I'm just saying, so in this scenario, though, you see yourself as a Namekian? That's, that's Absolutely. where we're at. Okay. Yes, I see myself as Piccolo's great-grandson. Oh, it's odd that you would not just be Piccolo. Also, can Piccolo reproduce? Oh, shoot. Yeah, I know. Think about it. I'm, I'm just saying, Vegeta and Goku, they're both slinging it around, and I should probably watch Ryzen. <laughs> <laughs> that saying seed man i don't know yeah I know. i'm just saying like wildfire <laughs> i don't know i'm gonna have to do some research on that so when we come back to this topic yes I'm which come, we I'm will come ready I'm okay come re- i'm going i'm coming correct with my <laughs> dragon ball z namekian info oh my god Important topics of the day yeah we're talking about the issues here folks mm-hmm. these are these are the things that affect youth in 1996 <laughs> when Dragon Ball Z came to America. Oh my god, we waste so much time on this podcast. Injustice 2. Injustice 2, the matter at hand. Okay, so we're going to really need to find a game that I have negative thoughts about. Okay. Um, because Little Nightmares was fantastic, but Injustice 2 is borderline perfection. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and I'll say that. So I don't, I'm not a big fan of fighting games. Um, the Are- first... Before we start, sorry to interrupt you. Are you a fan of DC? Because this is a DC fighting game, which in itself... I mean, it's a sequel, it's a DC fighting game, and it is a genre that you don't particularly like to play, but you are still saying it is borderline perfection. That is quite a feat by these game makers. I love DC. I love Marvel. I'm I'm not a DC Marvel fanboy. I love them both. I, I think they both bring their own positive spins to great superheroes um they've kept me entertained for my entire life you so are just... you're sweden in the world war ii of marvel and dc you're yes. you're a neutral party in the terms of comics in the terms of you know if we're juggling up the past of dc and marvel but if we're going to talk about movies and i mean maybe, ugh, yeah gross um <laughs> I'm sorry. But, I'm trying not to yes. say horrible things about Suicide Squad, and it's yeah. like the only thing going through my head. I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm staying positive tonight. I had a good Monday. All right, um, we're all going to be happy. Yes. Um, but yeah, uh, I love DC. I love the superheroes of DC Universe. Um, I'm obviously a big Batman fan. Clearly, um, you're a human Flash being. Flash is my favorite superhero. I'm going to say that right now. Wow, I grew okay. up loving the Flash. Um, a lot of people don't, yeah, a lot of people don't believe me when I said that. Um, I mean... Eh, the Flash is fine. He's no Batman. He, mm, mm. For me, the Flash represented a type of superpower um, that was really cool to me. Being really fast and mm-hmm. getting across the country in less than, you know, five to ten seconds was always amazing to me. And, like, the whole speed force 
the whole Speed Force being like a god. I don't know. Everything about the Flash was just amazing to me as a kid. Um, All right, I'm not going to criticize it. I will let you have the Flash. I'm just saying. Thank I appreciate you for letting me have that. You're welcome. I'd rather be Bruce Wayne than Batman, so that's where I'm at. That's yeah, I get that. You know, Playboy, um, yeah. billionaire. It's, it's not a bad uh, life. The world it's at awesome. your disposal. Uh, yeah, I get it. I get it. I mean, his parents are dead, but you know, he makes up for it in other ways. It, it you know, it happens, right? It happens. <laughs> your parents die. Parents die. <laughs> good lord. <laughs> <laughs> you hope that you get good ones, right? Oh my uh, god, let's talk about this game. This is terrible. Okay, yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, so yes, it just yeah, I love DC. I'm not a big fan of fighting games, but for some reason, they made this game very approachable to people like me. Okay. Um, the learning curve is still steep. I'm not going to sit here and say anyone can pick up this game and go out there and compete online. Um, you're going to have to put some hours into these characters. Each character is unique. Um, I believe there's a roster of... You know, 11 to 15 characters mm-hmm. um, they're all unique they all have their different special abilities they all have their different moves um, and it does take time to master each one um, but before we get into the individual characters based, the story mode is amazing the story mode is what Batman vs Superman should have been um, so <laughs> legible familiar, understandable <laughs> straightforward under 7 hours um, <laughs> So, if you're not familiar with the Injustice story, uh, spoilers. The first Injustice basically Joker um, tricks Superman into killing, um, killing Joker. If that makes any sense. So basically, Superman kills the Joker, um, breaks one of his Greek rules of never killing, and basically Superman becomes like this tyrant who's bent on killing criminals, punishing criminals. And then Batman, being Batman, is on this other side where it's just like, no, you can't kill. We need to bring these in for justice. Lock you gotta knock that off. The age-old "Do we kill? Do we not kill?" in um, superhero stories, except it's except it's presented in a much more engaging way. See, that's that's where the important part is because all of that proceeding, I was like, "Well, this sounds very DC. This sounds a lot like their movies. It's very dark. It's not very fun." But I have faith that if it's handled correctly, it can be fun, and it seems like that's what they did with this game. Right, you're absolutely right, I, and I, I think that's where the movies suffer in a lot of terms, is because they lost what comic books are about, and that's being fun, right? Uh, being light. Um, I should be able to laugh at a comic book movie. I shouldn't have to, you know, I shouldn't have my eyes squinted the entire time, um, <laughs> being angry about something. Um, and I think Injustice Two does a great job at that. I mean, I mean I'm not going to sit here and say that it's not a dark story. The story is still dark. Mm-hmm. There's a great. Uh, face the heel turn in the very opening of the game um, that kind of really into it the character kind of disappears midway through and you never really see him again and it's never really explained but I won't get into that right now uh, well, that's Injustice 3 maybe yeah maybe <laughs> uh, but yeah it's just it's very engaging um, you're going through a, across the across the world you're d- visiting different locations mm-hmm. each chapter of the story you're playing as two different characters so you're really getting a feel of each character during the story mode, and the ending is amazing. Um, they have two different endings depending on which character you choose. Um, I liked the Superman ending better, ah. but you can play bo- you can play both endings. Now, how are so these? It, just, sorry, no, 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 please go on. Um, and I'm just the voice acting, the performances all across the board. Everything was good. Um, everything was great. Now I'm glad you hit on that because that was what my question was. How are these performances? And we talked about performances last time, and how important it is for a video game to have good performances, and even more so now when the technology is getting so great that it's 
It's really like acting, <laughs> just with mocap. How is the acting and how is this cast compared to their big screen equivalents? We haven't seen Justice League yet, so, but we have seen Batman vs Superman, and Wonder Woman's about to come out. How do these video game characters relate to the big name actors who are playing them on the big screen? Uh, well, first we need to touch on the facial animations that um, Injustice 2 brought to the table, and mm-hmm. they were absolutely amazing. So you're really believing in these characters' emotions and what they're portraying across the screen, which is really hard to do um, when you're looking at you know artificial characters. Absolutely. Um, so in that, on that regard, they did a really good job. Nice. Um, in the terms of the voice acting and in terms of the performances that all of these individual actors brought to these characters, it's, it's hard to make a comparison because Injustice 2 kind of bring. I mean, Wonder Woman is a bad guy. Superman Ooh. is a bad guy. So in in those terms, I think the voice actors bring better performances than the actors Ooh. because they have to capture a side of these characters that we've never seen before. And the opposite of what we know them as, too. Absolutely, yes. Um, so, for example, my the character that I've been playing with the most is Wonder Woman. Um, Getting ready for the Susan movie. Eisenberg it provides the voice for Wonder Woman. Yes. Um, and she does a fantastic job of really making you dislike Wonder Woman. That's, <laughs> that's no thing. easy that's feat. That's a hard thing to do. Absolutely. Um, because if you're thinking about the, in the terms of, you know, if you're thinking about Wonder Woman, the kind of character she is, I mean, one example is she's fighting Medusa. She blinds herself um, <laughs> so that, you know, her blindfold gets torn off. So she blinds herself. So selfless, caring, um, able to punch a hole in through someone's stomach and then you know console a child if the child sees it after exactly like me you're just you're describing me looks good in the leotard yes absolutely just like you yeah i don't want to say they they based it off of me but i don't know it's getting it's getting eerie that's all i'm saying i have no comment on that because it's disrespectful i'm sorry i'm sorry wonder woman and edmund i'm very angry about that how dare you and I do not put you on the same level as Wonder Woman. Oh, all right. Yes, well. <laughs> Susan Eisenberg brings a performance um, that I think needs to be talked about because Wonder Woman presented in Injustice 2 is just very brash, very, mm-hmm. um, I will murder you if you not do what I what I tell you to do. Well, I and found that is it unlike anything that we've seen before. Absolutely. And I find it interesting that Susan Eisenberg has also been playing Wonder Woman for 16 years. Uh, she voices Wonder Woman in the uh, Justice League cartoons. Uh, so she is, I mean, really taking a character that she's done for a long time and in this game switched it to a, a very different different take on the same character that she's known for a long time. So particularly impressive by somebody like that to be able to do something. Yeah, and it's something that we should, you know, we should honor. Um, and I, I I cannot get, the reason why I'm talking so much is I played mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of Wonder Woman. Nice. Um, so, you know, and then Batman, Kevin Conroy is providing the voice of Batman. So mm-hmm. it's all the, the Batman that we all grew up and love. Aw. Um, and he does a great job. Phil Lamar does a great Aquaman. Uh, Phil Lamar um, is great in everything, ever. Everything, so. everything. I mean, he's... Samurai God, Jack? What hasn't he been in? I'll tell you what he has been in. Futurama, Samurai Jack, everybody's favorite shows ever. Yeah, true, true. Yep. Um, also, everyone's favorite video. I think he's played every black superhero... Um, on on television, I could be all wrong, four of them. That. If you see his credits, you see a lot of black superheroes, which is like five of them. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, just across the board, everything is really good. And I really specifically shout out Ogie Banks who did Firestorm. Ooh, yeah. And I also want to shout out Anthony Del Rio who did Blue Beetle. I think those were some of the two best written 
characters. Really? Um, because okay, as somebody who has a cursory knowledge of the DC universe, those are not those are not household names. Not at all. No. Um, you know, Blue Beetle and Firestorm are very minor characters, but this game does a cool thing that the first one did, and Mortal Kombat does as well, where it has these like pre battle banter mm-hmm. in which each character gets like one line to say to each other and if you get a chance go look at youtube go look at blue uh, beetles youtube um just it's every single battle that he's in it's just written so funny um, I love it. and i was just every time i'm playing as this guy i'm just i'm laughing my ass off <laughs> uh, it's just very well written um and i mean this game i just going back into the game the performances are amazing but there's so much to do in this game i mean if you don't, you can play the story mode. If you don't necessarily want to play a story mode, you can get right into the fighting. If you're mm-hmm. a well-seasoned fighting game, I mean, there's options everywhere. You can play online. You can do the single. You can battle a friend. They have a multiverse where they will, like, bring up different scenarios in which you have to complete different tasks in order to get, like, certain bonuses. Wow. Um, and the thing I want to highlight about this game, which makes it my favorite fighting game, one of my favorite games of this year is the customization options options mm-hmm. um so if you complete these certain tasks you get gear for you to gear that you can place on your character to make them stronger bring up their defense um make so this, their abilities stronger this sounds so like an can, rpg element it, to a fighting yeah, absolutely, game absolutely absolutely very good um video game reporter it is I, I play RPG. a lot of final fantasy so <laughs> so yeah you're basically and you can build the batman that you saw um, on the television show from the 90s. Ah. You can build the Batman from Batman Beyond. Um, you can build the new age Wonder Woman. Like this weekend, or last night, I should say, um, I spent a good like hour and a half playing through the Wonder Woman event that they have mm-hmm. in order to get her um, movie attire. Did you get so it? I, I got all the movie attire. Well so done, I was, just, I was wrecking fools last night. <laughs> Absolutely wrecking I'm going to add in some applause sound effects right there. Thank you. Thank you. From our studio audience. But yes, um, I, I, I talked about it a lot. Um, go pick it up. If you if you know you don't really have to be in fighting games. If you like DC, if you want to look at these customization options, I mean, if you want to turn your Wonder Woman into any type of Wonder Woman you want, if you want to turn your Batman into any type of Batman, it gives you that ability. How does it hold up as an actual fighting game? Because I'd say first person shooters and fighting games they have this huge learning curve that you talked about earlier. And people online can be people online. I'm looking at you, every 14-year-old and my nephew. Um, And they're not nice. (laughs) And they do not wait for you to get good at the game. Uh, You know, I played Tekken a lot when I was younger. Uh, I like Mortal Kombat. Those games, at a certain point, like, if you set the difficulty high enough, you're going to get your ass kicked. So is this game as challenging? Does it live up to old-school, hardcore fighting games like something like a Street Fighter would do? Or is this more of a user-friendly type thing? Or do you kind of have that, that option to bounce back and forth between the two? I believe you have that option. That's um, good. I'm not, I'm not a well-seasoned fighting guy. Um, like I said, the last fighting game I played was Mortal Kombat 10. And I, that was the first. That was the fighting game that I was just like, do I like fighting games? <laughs> is, this, is this what I am now? What, what is this world? Then you um, bought a tap-out shirt and a monster <laughs> energy drink. <laughs> I... I yeah, no, I watch cage fighting in the background while I'm playing these games on my PC. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are going to be times where you're going to go online and you're going to get absolutely wrecked. Nice. So the, the, game, the thing about this game is that they allow you to juggle characters. So what that means is, like, I can uppercut you. 
and you're off your feet and I can keep hitting you while you're off your feet and you won't be able to interrupt that at all. So there are oppor- there are chances where you'll get into an online game with someone who's been playing this game for a long time and you will not be able to hit a button. I'm just literally um, sitting there watching Wonder Woman get annihilated. And you, yes, you would get beaten under a minute and it, it you know, you're, you won't feel like a good person afterwards. <laughs> so, yes, but the, you know, this game is easy enough where it gives you options. If you're a hardcore fighting gamer and you know all the combos and, you you know, you put time into these fighting games, you love Mortal Kombat, you love Injustice series, then, yeah, you have your options. You, you know, you can go into the harder areas of the multiverse. You can go and fight these, you know, um, harder challengers online. Um, and, then all, and then if, you know, you're a new person like me, you don't have to do these hard things. You can stay offline. Um you can do the multiverse. You can play the story mode. You can play, you know, you can play with your buddies or have them come over and, you know, play local co- couch co-op. It's up to you, to be honest with you. That's why this game is so good. Um, it, it reaches across all hardcore gamers, casual gamers. Anyone can play it. Even if you just love DC, right. anyone can pick up this game and play. And I think that's important for them to do. I'm sure it was a something that I thought about when they made the game, but these are really, really big IPs. Uh, everybody knows these characters. So if I'm going to buy it for my, my 10-year-old kid, uh, who am I kidding? The 10-year-old kid's probably a lot better than I am, but first-time gamers are going to have to be able to get into this game in some way just because of the characters are so recognizable. It doesn't have to be Lego Star Wars, but it still has to have, you know, some some type of gradual learning curve as opposed to just like, nope, now you're in it. I hope you like getting murked by four guys in their 30s. Exactly. And I think that's why the story mode is so strong mm-hmm. because it gives you that opportunity to play almost every character and gives you an opportunity to, you know, a basic learning curve for each character. So you can really get a feeling of who you want to play as, what type of um, – do I want to be a Lorange character where I, you know, sit long range and shoot projectiles all game or do I want to be, you know, a harasser and just, you know, keep pushing buttons on top of this person and keep – ranking up combos and things like that it gives you these options um and it all comes back to the performances of the story mode i think every review i've read from ign polygon kotaku every video game website just could not highlight enough of just how great the story mode is and how great the performances around the story mode were yeah people are absolutely just going bonkers for this game and it is selling through the roof i mean like it's it's a big game and it couldn't have come at a better time with uh wonder woman Coming out this weekend, uh, for us in the present, if you're listening to this in the future, then it probably is not, I would imagine, unless time is cyclical and it's been a couple eons since somebody found this podcast. Get a time machine and go see one. Yeah, and pick up a Dreamcast, man. I'd like to welcome uh, Susan Eisenberg. Uh, Susan, thank you very much for taking the time and what I can imagine is a very busy week for all the comic book fans as uh, Wonder Woman opens in theaters tomorrow as of our conversation right now, or tonight, I guess, really. It's a um, little busy, but it's it's great to be here with you. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so you have been voicing Wonder Woman for quite a long time, and um, the latest game, the Injustice 2 game that you are a part of, takes that character in a bit of a different direction. Uh, you are playing a much darker version of Wonder Woman in this game. Can you tell me a little bit what that was like? You know what? It was definitely an adjustment. I mean, it. it I'm so used to playing her um, a certain way, which is, you know, with kindness and, and compassion, and not that she doesn't have a mood or two along the way, but she's ultimately um, 
very heroic. And in Injustice, you know, she's a total badass. She is, um, you know, kind of at war, not literally, but at war with so many of the characters. So it was definitely different, but it was also, you know, a departure, which is fun to play. Yeah, absolutely. And I can imagine you've played the character from a place of, I wouldn't say naivete, but she starts in a, when you first took on the mantle of the character, she had just come out of Themyscira, and she was a much different character than what she has grown into in the Justice League uh, animated series, and now definitely in Injustice 2, which we're seeing. So what's what's the process been like to really grow with this character? You know what, the, the honest answer is it's been my process, because when I started on um, the Justice League, um, I had done some animation, but I had definitely not been a um, a series regular on an animated mm-hmm. show before. And so, you know, there was a nervousness, there was an apprehension, there was an excitement. There were so many things going on. And as I grew, I grew alongside her. Um, so as my confidence grew, it turns out that she was becoming more um, adapted in the league. And... It, it really, <laughs> I mean, it, it was kind of a parallel universe thing. I mean, it was really quite lovely to play, be able to play that because she was maturing as I was maturing, and also there was a comfort level that I was beginning to have playing the role to where now, you know, it's just, she's just a part of me at this point. Do you think you've taken any uh, real-world inspirations for the character, and if so, have those changed as she's kind of grown in your uh, portrayal of her? You know what, I totally have. I mean, she, like I say, she's a part of me. So that means that she's an inspiration to me on a daily basis. I I often conjure her to think what would she do, what's right here. Um, not necessarily that my life is filled with, like, heroic moments or anything like that or, oh, or sure bad versus, you know, evil versus good or anything like that. But there are just, there are just a lot of her that I'd like to think has rubbed off on me and um especially in that 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 effort to try to do the right thing to tr- always try to be the good person to try to take the high road in life and to have compassion and that is so much of her breathing into me so that that has definitely been a big part of it I think if I had played her for you know 6 months on a TV show I don't know that it would have had that lasting impact, but because I've been playing her for a long time, um, there's just like an osmosis that's occurred. And, you know, I, I just, I kind of feel her looking over my shoulder. Um, I was walking last night. I, I did an appearance at a comic book store in Santa Monica, and I was walking to my car, and it was a little dark out, and I thought, God, I have to be careful because I really can't believe that I, I am her. Like, that'll get me into trouble, <laughs> you know, if I overreach that courage. I have to, like, you know, recognize that I am human and, and not uh, a superhero. You need, to, you need to buy the big bracelets just to, to feel a little bit more like her walking around, I guess. Patrick? Patrick? Yes, I, can you I hear have me? The big I have the big oh, bracelets. I love that. Oh, my gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, no, I have the tiara, I have the big breath. I don't have the invisible plane, but I'm working on it. All right, well, that's, uh, if Injustice 2 sells a little bit better, I'll expect to see you. (laughs) Well, not quite. That's not how it quite works for the voiceover actors, but that's a whole other discussion. Uh, (laughs) 
this character, um, it means so much to so many people, especially, I don't think it's just young girls. I mean, it's been around for 75 years, and it means a lot to women particularly, but also to a lot of men as well. Um, I think what's great about Wonder Woman is that she speaks and bridges that whatever divide there might be. Do you feel like this character has become more important than she ever has been before, or do you think there's any particular relevance that she has now that she might not have had? in the 16 years that you have been voicing her? Uh, I think she was always relevant. Um, I think that there is such a hunger for this this character to get her voice heard um, on, a, on a large scale, you know, vis-a-vis the film, that she has just never been more popular. Um, there, I think that the audience has always been there, but I think that they – they know they need to get heard, and they're so willing to do that. They've, they've, they haven't been heard for years, decades, and that's why I think everyone is going to show up for this film. They've been there all along, but no one really was paying attention or thought there was a real value in it, and I think that will all change with this film. And, you know, it's an exciting time for Wonder Woman fans. I mean, it's I think that people are just thrilled that this is finally happening. And happening. And I, I would say that while she does resonate with women, of course she does. She mm-hmm. never speaks. She speaks to women and men. She speaks to people who are outsiders. She, like I used the word compassion before, she is loaded with compassion. And I think for for the audience, they recognize that. And I think that their her vulnerability, her compassion. They know that she's a fan, she, she's a heroine for all of us, you know, not mm-hmm. just for, for this, you know, group or that group. It's for all of us. And so I think that explains so much of her personality and her popularity Absolutely. with that. That's what I was going to, yeah, I think that speaks volumes to her popularity and her, mm-hmm. you know, her long, long career. <laughs> for, Absolutely. For better part of a century. Uh, do you think that there are any particular lessons or character traits that you would like to see, or for you yourself personally, I guess, that Wonder Woman has, things that, like, you look up to Wonder Woman for? I'm going to say the word again, compassion. I I think that that is really, really hard to come by, um, especially today, because I think that we're just kind of talking over each other so much of the time. Mm -hmm. Very hard to really listen to somebody and, and, and try to feel what they're going through and feel empathy and compassion for what they're going through. Um, she's so earnest, and like you used the word naive, and, and I, I believe in Justice League she was naive. And having seen the film um, recently, there is a naivete to, to this Diana in, in the Wonder Woman film, and it's beautiful because she so believes in love. She believes in in the right thing she believes in goodness and i i just can't imagine a more relevant message today and um and a message that needs to be heard and and reheard and and you know and really received by an audience so i i really think she's the hero we need and the timing could not be more perfect Absolutely, that is 100% true, I think. Uh, I noticed that you, you got to meet uh, Gal Gadot uh, just 
by chance, it seems, uh, in the, I think it was in the lobby of your agency is what you said. Have you had a chance to meet her since then? Because that was in late 2016. Uh, have you spoken I to her not, since the film ran? No, I have not. Understandably, she's a little busy. Um, I can imagine. She, you know, had a baby, and she's got this film. And, you know, there's a real divide between um, animation and feature films. I mean, there, mm-hmm. is, you know, it's, I was joking with one of the fans and saying, you know, it's not as if um, Linda Carter and Gal and I are, you know, having grabbing dinner together. And and this person was saying, oh, come on, don't spoil it for me, Susan. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Okay, let's let's keep the fantasy alive. You know, I'll I'll, I'll go along with it. But the truth is, it's very very different. You know, where I work and and the universe I operate in is very very different than obviously the, the feature film universe or the television universe, you know, live action television. Right. Well, speaking I'm of... Will, uh, I'm hoping there will be some kind of connection with her at some point down the road, but there hasn't been up until this point. I, I can only imagine how amazing it would be to have all three of you <laughs> sitting at a table together and how great a conversation... Well, you know, it was, it was great because at the premiere, I, I did get to see Linda and we did were able to take some photos together, but Gal was in a separate area, and, you know, again, it was just very, very difficult to reach her. She was so, so busy, and, um, right. you know, I completely appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, video games are not a uh, a new territory for you. Uh, you have voiced quite a few uh, characters uh, over the years. Is it something that you are getting more into or trying to get uh, farther away from, and has the experience changed as the technology has gotten so, so, so much better in such a short period of time? Um, well, the experience has changed only because, you know, like you say, the technology, so there's more motion capture, there's just right. more, it's more involved, your session is way more involved than it used to be, um, so that's different. There, video games are great, I mean, they're they're just an aspect of being a voiceover actor. So it's like doing promos. It's like doing commercials for television or radio. It's like being on an animated show. You want to be able to do all of it. Now, do I want to go out and be soldier number seven in a video game? No. That I have no interest in at this point in my career. But, you know, I work on DCU online games um, regularly as Wonder Woman and obviously with Injustice. And, you know, that's, for me, that's a dream come true because, that keeps my involvement with Wonder Woman alive. Um, I still get to do her. I still get challenged by that. Um, you know, it's fascinating to, to hear, you know, the different stories that they've constructed. These games are extraordinary. They're beautifully done. There is a you know, amazing team that goes into making them that, you know, work for years on them. And then I get to go in and, and voice this incredible character. So I'm not looking to turn away from that, but like I mentioned, I'm not looking to do Soldier Number Seven. I'm not actively right. pursuing Soldier Number Seven. Pat. I think I think you've outgrown Soldier Number Seven at this point. <laughs> I think that's true. Indeed. Absolutely. <laughs> are there any other Are there any other characters that you have interest in voicing, whether a superhero or not, but anyone that you're a particular fan of that you would like to sink your teeth into as an actor? You know what I mean. There. You know, people say, well, what other superhero you know, hero would you love to play? And I'd be like, I'd be happy to play Wonder Woman for the rest of my career, as far as I'm concerned. But, yeah, I mean, they're, I just like playing a good character. I, I like, um, you know, 
I would love to do something a little, I know this is going to sound funny, but a little Shakespearean, you know, a little bit um, theatrical in that in that way. And I would love to do a character that's, you know, really over the top and funny. And, it's, you know, not villainous necessarily, although that would be fine, but, um, you know, just bigger than life. You know, a Christine Baranski kind of figure, if you will. Um, yeah. I would love to do something like that, you know, that's needy. And that you could really sink your teeth into. And, um, you know, that's why we audition for jobs. You know, that's why there's always that next job that you look forward to and another universe that you get to play in. Yeah, absolutely. And it seems that, I mean, particularly with games, they're getting much much more narrative-driven and much more of that meat that you mentioned are coming up in games. I know that you don't just do games, but it is something that is – it seems beyond the horizon seems to be coming up very quickly. Uh, a lot of meteor roles for actors, I would imagine. Yeah, and you know you're you you know you're competing with a little bit of the celebrity um, piece, which is challenging right. for all of voiceover because so many actors who do on camera have found their way into voiceover. Um, so you know it, the competition's never been greater. But having said that, I mean I. You know, that's what it is. It's a competitive field. It's a competitive market, Los Angeles. So that's the reality, and you just have to, you know, plow forward and keep going. Yeah, and you're Wonder Woman. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one of many. I mean, I, you know, it's the the truth is it's very hard not to feel ownership of her, and Mm -hmm. the bigger truth is I can't have ownership of her. Um, You know, she is voiced by many different actresses, and obviously being played now by Gal, having been played by Linda. So, you know, there are there are quite a few of us out there, but it's a it's um it's a great sisterhood to be a part of. I, I can bet and I think you absolutely put your own stamp on it. So congratulations thank and thank so you for that. Of course. Oh, my, well, thank it's you. been my pleasure, really. Oh wonderful. Well we've all enjoyed it. So all right, well thank, thank you. you so much, Susan. I really appreciate your time. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for being here. Of course, yeah, thanks. Uh, we're, we're being too friendly now because I want to fight with you a little bit more. I mentioned last time about Destiny 2. Uh, so E3 is coming up, obviously. Activision is going to have, uh, you know, an event. Uh, Activision is a team with Blizzard with uh, Destiny 2 now. Uh, they're using Blizzard servers. Um, Destiny 2 is such an on. I mean, it's mostly. I think it's it's almost exclusively online, or is it just mostly online? I don't think there's like a single player campaign that you do by yourself, is there? That's yeah, not I online. I think it's all online. Yeah. So I mean, like that's a big deal for them to have Blizzard servers and you know team with this team that is the team for online gaming with World of Warcraft. I didn't know about that. You just enlightened me to something. Oh really? Great. Yeah. No, that was like the the big announcement at this uh, event was that Blizzard, a guy from Blizzard, showed up from China. It was a big, big to-do, as they say. But you you liked the first Destiny, you said. You said that you would fight me over it, and I was not a huge fan of the first Destiny. Defend your position, sir. Okay. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> all right. Gosh, you put me on the spot. Destiny yeah. is like... I'm trying to think of a movie. I was I was I was sitting in my car, like driving home today from work, and trying mm-hmm. to think of a movie that we can compare to Death. And maybe you can help me out with this. All right, anyway. So, you know, Destiny comes from Bungie, um, 
Bungie's a well-regarded studio. Right. A lot of people love Bungie. You know, we have the oh, Halo, the Halo series because of Bungie. Halo's probably one of the best series ever. We grew up with Halo. Yep. When Destiny was announced, there was a lot of hype around Destiny. Everyone was ready to play Destiny. It was supposed to be the next Halo. Yeah, it was the game when it was announced. It, yeah, it was like the blockbuster release of the year when it came out. Absolutely. Um, and then when it came out, it wasn't necessarily bad. Mm. I wouldn't say it was bad, but it wasn't necessarily good. <laughs> um, sort of it like... More, it was more like meh. So I was trying to think of a movie that was really hyped like hyped up beyond belief and it yeah. came out and it was just like me and I, I wanted to compare it to Batman vs Superman no but that movie ba- sucked Batman vs Superman just sucked do you know what was good remember Suicide Squad oh Suicide god Squad just I, I still am reeling from Suicide Squad I've been in a wheelchair since I saw Suicide Squad <laughs> <laughs> that's a terrible thing to say. I went on antidepressants after Suicide Squad I think everyone at DC went on antidepressants after Suicide Squad oh, you know what's a good comparison? The second Avengers movie, Avengers Age of Ultron, which was, it's not a bad movie, but like oh, no one, good. no one's going to pick, if you're looking at your Marvel shelf of movies, you're not going to be like, oh, you know what, I should pop in Avengers Age of Ultron, or Thor The Dark World. Like, no one's picking those two. They're not okay. bad. Are like you? That. Okay, I like that comparison. Yeah, right, I, comparison. I'm, just, I'm saying they're not, they're not terrible, but they're also like, they are not Captain America Civil War, they are not the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Okay. I, yeah, good. Good. Good comparison. Thank you. Thank you. Right, thank so you. I work in Hollywood. Avengers Age of Ultron, which I watched the other day. And I don't know if I'm a fan of that movie. Did you watch it alone? Um, did you watch Age of Did you watch Age of Ultron by yourself? No, I watched it with my roommate. Oh, um, oh my gosh. I don't know if I liked it or not. Um, I remember the first time watching it, I really liked it, but the second time I was just like, there's a lot of I don't know how I feel about this movie. Yeah, that that was <laughs> me. Like how I felt with Destiny. Sort of. You're um, you're being kinder than I am. I I was excited about it. I. Got it and popped it in and was like, this is going to be amazing. I just played Call of Duty for like seven weeks in a row. Uh, and I was ready for a new, like more of a sci-fi shooter. And then I picked that up and it was I felt like I got half a game. That's how I felt like when I got Destiny. I felt like somebody showed up, broke my disc in half, spat in my mouth, and then walked out. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, that's a great comparison. Is they, it? They, re- they released half a game. That's what um, I felt like. They promised a whole bunch of shit that they did not deliver on. Um, but let me let me defend Destiny real quick. Okay. Because Destiny, there's a lot of hardcore people out there that are playing Destiny. Some hardcore people that I know that I hold dear to in my heart. Oh, man. Uh, some of these people were losing their minds. I Again, I'm going to name drop. I'm going to keep doing these horrible name drops, just like the most pretentious guy in the world. I, I talked to Caleb McLaughlin from... Uh, is that... Yeah, killed him laughing from uh, Stranger Things. The okay. one of the kids, one of the Stranger okay. Kids, and he was a huge fan of the first one. He was like, he was late to my interview because they couldn't pull him away from the new Destiny game. He was really? on the floor with all the fans. Just he would not stop playing the game. He was like thirty minutes late because he wanted to play this game so much. And he really? was he was not alone in this. I mean, he's fifteen, but even still, I mean, like there were grown men and grown women doing the exact same thing. People were losing their minds for this game. So is the, that the kid who had like the army, who always wore the army fatigues? Yes, and stuff like exactly. That? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Oh my god, you got to interview that kid. That's amazing. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't call him a kid. Young man, young great actor. He is. Um, he has a firm, firm handshake. I'll tell you that much. He, he's a he's a great little guy. I hope, I hope. God, I keep patronizing him. Uh, no. He, oh, dude. <laughs> uh, gosh, I feel bad. But yeah. Uh, so, Destiny. We have to highlight what Destiny did well. Okay. No games controlled like Destiny. 
And you have to understand, like, we've been playing first-person shooters for a long time. We've been playing the Call of Duties, the Battlefields, the oh, We grew fronts. up with them, I mean. You know, they're all right. If you want to go back to GoldenEye on N64, I mean, oh, every don't ever do that. birthday don't party. Don't ever do that. No that game controls just. terribly. How dare you? Game, that game controls terribly. I went back and tried to play GoldenEye. It is one of the worst shooting first-person shooters ever. Uh, maybe Sorry. you just weren't good at it, um, and you weren't doing slappers only, like a man. It's, it's terrible. Oh, gosh, gosh, right. I wanted to like throw my Nintendo 64 out of a Nintendo 64 was not that good of a system oh my god unpopular opinion but I'll, I'm gonna go ahead and say it yeah you can um, say unpopular opinion you can play I'm flat out wrong which I would really be think more. you're trying to get me, prevent me from making a good point about this I, part of me is that's my ulterior motive <laughs> I really think you're trying to prevent me from making because I'm starting to forget my good points about Destiny. I will let you... Okay, I'm going to say one last sentence, and then we are going back to the Destiny talk. But we are dedicating an entire episode to the N64, and I am going to burn your house down. We, we will have that. We'll have that argument. It, it's going to happen. It's a bad piece of hardware. All right. Let um, me swallow my rage, and then you can continue with your Destiny defending. Deep breaths. Deep breaths. <sighs> okay. Right. So, I'm going to start with the positives. Destiny controlled way better than any other first-person shooter game. If I wanted to aim and shoot at something, I was able to aim and shoot at something. There's a lot of times in these battlefields and these Call of Duties where I aim at something and I can't shoot it, and it pisses me off. It should. It's a first-person shooter, so that's kind of an important. No, 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 no. If my little reticle aims at your head, <laughs> I should be hit. I should be able to hit headshots. So Destiny, in that regard, wherever I was aiming, like if you made a bad shot. In Destiny, you knew you made a bad shot. Fair That's enough. how tight those controls were. I agree with you. I agree with you. Amazing on a controller. That game felt like sex. Oh, I'm sorry, so it felt so good. Do you remember what sex feels like? No, I don't. It's been six years. <laughs> every show. <laughs> it's, it's gonna come up every show. I love um, it. So yes, Destiny controlled like nothing ever, nothing before. Um, in regards of the type of gaming you could do with friends because destiny is not a type of game you can play by yourself it is a lot better experience with friends so i have this group of nerds that i play with (laughs) and we had we had a great time with destiny um and i I, it's a one of those experiences that is way better when you're playing with other people yeah because if you're playing alone and you have to play with strangers you just don't get that you don't get that teamwork you don't get that rapport um, it's a social game for sure. It, it very, and I don't think a lot of games of this generation of PlayStation Four, Xbox One, are able to capitalize on that. Yeah. Um, and I miss those days where you could sit with, you know, you could play a, a very engaging experience with someone and enjoy it, yeah. and not be frustrated on an N sixty four. So in that regard, <laughs> it was great. Yes, Destiny released a game that was incomplete there are a lot of things missing hmm. um there is no story i still can't tell you what that shit story was about the, the, was it about anything that's a great question i i don't remember to be honest with you um and you know i think destiny kind of bamboozled us in a way that they they had these great voice actors um that were hired on like peter dinklage and nathan Fillion. right um i can't think of the other character actors right now but they're back in the next one um and they didn't – oh, like Lance Reddick. Sorry. I couldn't right. think of Lance Reddick's name. I had to call out Lance Reddick because he's one of my favorite actors. Um, <laughs> but they you know, they kind of bamboozled us by promising all this great story and these great performances, and these guys weren't even in the game. Right. Um, 
so yeah, there are a lot of issues with Destiny, and I'm not going to sit here and act like it was a good game at all, because um, it wasn't. But then the Taken King was released, and then it became a good game. So I think we really need to highlight, like, once the game added more depth and more, like, basically gameplay. When, when it was an actual game, not half of a game. Right, when, it, when they right. actually released the game that it should have been. It was a good game, so and that's, that's why I'm excited for Destiny 2. And it seems, again, I don't want to be bamboozled again, but when I went, it seems like it is definitely more of a game. I got to, I got to play it a little bit. I got to play the first sequence, and it's did awesome. Did they show you cutscenes? They did. did. Cut oh, my God, the cutscenes are amazing. Like, okay. I had to, I couldn't stand up after a cutscene if you catch my drift. They were they were gorgeous. Um, but that's the, exciting. Anyway, yeah, the cutscenes are amazing. The gameplay, again, was very, very tight, the same way it was in the first one, and they've added new features, and it, it seems amazing, and I am very excited, as I was the last time, but I'm afraid. And I'm afraid because it seems to be a growing trend in video games, especially with AAA titles, to tease you with this incredible game and then kind of release it in doses over a period of time. And I want the whole thing now. If you, I would rather wait for the entire game to be ready than pay 60 bucks on uh, three-quarters of a game, five-sevenths of a game, some other weird fraction of a game, and then have them release it in DLC afterwards. It's not even the money, you know? That's not the issue. It's that I want what I paid for originally. I don't buy a car and then get the wheels after I've already bought the shell of the car. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, it's it's a trend that is just kind of devastating, too. Um, yeah. And like you said, it's with every triple a title right why is this the case now i don't know i've been listening i listen to a lot of bomb um i listen to a lot of podcasts Mm -hmm. i listen to a lot i read a lot of articles look at you i don't know if it's a market i don't know if it's a um if it's you're always you know hardcore gamers once they get a fill of something they're looking for something new absolutely um but i just read something today which i i should have brought i didn't think you were gonna have such a great topic (laughs) Um, but it basically talks about how developers and studios are no longer i I wish i had this article because i'm I'm messing this up but they're no longer um releasing a game complete um and then moving on to the next project right now they're trying to see how much money they can make off that one individual game and how long they can prolong it oh yeah absolutely Um, i I mean the guys uh the guys from tarjir studios they even they've hit on that when they were talking about Little Nightmares and they said it was a different experience than doing their past game Little Big Planet which was a fantastic game um, it was it was it was a great game but there was a lot of things that were added on as it went on and this was a different experience because they made one standalone game and that was it they told the story it had everything that was supposed to be in it when it was released I mean that, it's funny now because they are releasing DLC but that was not the intention when they originally made the game whereas okay. with these triple I titles it absolutely is the intention Absolutely, and I think Little Nightmares releasing DLC is different than AAA titles like Destiny releasing expansion packs that ask that complete your goddamn game. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Little exactly. Nightmares was released as a complete game. They're putting out this DLC to give people who enjoy the game more options to, if they want to replay it. Exactly. It's not um, here's the entire game that we were holding back from you. Right. Yeah. And I haven't. I don't. I think this 2017 has been actually better about this. Um, I feel like last year was terrible. Um, Do you think it's the hate from know, the community? No Man's- oh, yeah. Oh, my God. No Man's Sky. Good Lord. Yeah. 
it's it's such a hard because I don't I'm not in the game industry, right? And, you know, if, if I was in the game industry, if I had had years and years of experience in it, mm-hmm. I'd probably be able to give you a better answer. But I'm just coming as a consumer. Yeah, um, but I I feel like that's a more real interpretation of what this is like. You know, like you are the person who are you're doing it because you're a fan. You're not getting paid to do this. These are things that you love to do, and it oh, this is such like a a fanboy thing to say but like it hurts that these people like if they only see you as a dollar sign like that hurts like i love you and like why are you hurting me i love your things i'm a fan of yours like why are you doing this to me no it's i think you're right because especially for people like me who put a, a lot of time and money into this industry yeah like a lot of time and a lot of money into this industry um you feel slighted when you get these games that you paid sixty dollars for, and there's you know you have to wait six months for the complete game to come out. Yeah, that really pisses me off. And it's um, fair. That's a fair criticism. And it's not fair to. I hate to get on my working Americans. You know, it's not fair <laughs> to the like. I love that class, voice. Working class like myself, who are just working as social workers, that spend our paychecks on this stuff to be entertained, and then we come home and there's just like it's a broken game. Um, or, you know, it's like the story, they're going to add more to the story three months down the line. Um, it's, 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 it's a, I don't, I don't get it, man. It is one of those frustrating things that makes me speechless. Um, luckily I haven't run into the issue this year. I I, like, I think the gaming industry is getting better. I think that no man's sky fiasco kind of made everyone take a step back. I'm like, whoa. It was like, if destiny was a half of a game, that was like an, eighth of a game yeah and they sold it as like this mind-blowing like new experience like oh you're gonna be able to farm new worlds yeah absolutely no that's what they sold it as it's like oh space battles and um you'll be able to meet other people and you know i'm not i'm not gonna sit here and act like i know how hard it is to be a developer because i don't either and like right yeah um but it's just as as a consumer, just don't sell me bullshit. That's, That's the only thing I'm asking for. Yeah, it's I, I don't like the snake oil salesman approach to it. You don't Destiny didn't have to change the world when it was released. Like you are Bungie, you just made Halo. You just made Halo. Like I'm gonna buy anything you make. Like you could have literally just put a dog turd on a box and I would have bought that game. I would have yeah. respected you for putting a dog turd on a box and trying to sell that to your customer. That's a, I would have gave him a lot of respect for that. Yeah, My that's goodness. yeah, that's good marketing. Yeah, it is. It is <laughs> the best marketing of all. Um, hey, hey, Bungie, but, free idea. <laughs> <laughs> How do you want to sell Destiny Two? Let me. I have an idea for you. All right, guys, this is a little unorthodox. <laughs> Takes his pants off. <laughs> but yeah, I you know I don't think we should bash on No Man's Sky too much because every AAA title did it. Last, or every big studio, I think, with the culprit of it. Um, yeah. Ubisoft, don't get me started on Ubisoft with the division um, a couple of years ago. I mean, Watch Dogs, like, I think how long ago was that? That was a fiasco. So, I mean, it's been a trend that's been going no. on, but it's a trend that I, I think I'm seeing dying. I'm, I'm glad um, to hear that. And it seems that... You know, I started yelling too. So. Okay, I'm yeah. sorry. I just got... I got distracted. This is probably bad radio listening, but seeing as how it'll probably be the banner on our SoundCloud... I just, I have some photoshopped versions of you and I's photos over just the most ridiculous backgrounds. They're the greatest thing I've ever seen. I'm very excited about them. Could we get one of us on um, the Nimbus Cloud? Oh my god, why didn't I think of that? 
Like me holding you like you're Gohan, or you holding me like I'm Gohan? I would suggest that, please. Yeah, but in that case, you would be a Saiyan, wouldn't you? I'd have to be holding you then. Okay, (laughs) that would make it all right. What are the race dynamics? Who gets to hold who now in America? I get to hold you. Is that where we're at? You held me. I feel like it would be. It would be a little bit racist if I held you. All right. Uh, Since I said we were going to do this every time, I think it's a good thing to do. Um, What are you playing (laughs) this week? What are you looking forward to playing? What was the best game you did play? I already know the answer to most of those questions, I feel like, with you. Injustice 2. I, like, was trying to play other games, but I really got into Injustice 2. So, I I mean, I'm going to try to play something else this week, but when it comes down to it, I'm probably going to play some more Injustice 2. So, so I'm going to try to get good with uh, Black Canary and Wonder Woman, and then run my Legion of Woman on dudes. Just... Just Wrecking fools with with chicks, <laughs> with women. <laughs> Wrecking fools with women. Oh my gosh! Wrecking fools with women. That's a t-shirt. Chicks. I love it. <laughs> they're, they're not chicks. They're not chicks. They're women. All you right. have sold Injustice Two so well that I'm going to get Injustice Two. I was going to get Final Fantasy Fifteen, and I was like, you know what? You should play some other than a Final Fantasy game for once. And I'm going to get Injustice. Just one 2. more thing mm-hmm. about Injustice Two. Um, like I talked about those pre-fight banters, I just I just want to read one real quick. Oh, please do. Can you do it in character? I can't. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, <laughs> you can't tease so it that, and then not do it in character. So I got to set it up a little bit. So you're playing Rob. The Robin in the game is Damian Wayne. If you don't know who Damian Wayne is, that is Batman's son with um, Taya Al Ghul. All right. Um, Wait, is this is this a dramatic scene? This is this is so. If you start a single fight. Each character comes to the side of the screen and they say like a little they have like some banter before they fight, right? Right. So Batman comes on and he goes, I don't have any time for this, Damien. And then Robin responds, A good father would make time. Batman, being Batman, says, A better son would deserve it. Oh like, that is so Batman, right? Like, man. Mm. I, this game is amazing, man. <laughs> I got so st- – you know, it's a that's a meme going around on Reddit right now. And I'm just, I saw that and then when I, I'm just like, I'm so glad someone captured that. So I'll end it on a happy note. Thank you very much to Susan. Wait a minute, I- wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute wait Whoa, minute, okay, wait. I'm sorry. Um, we, we, I want to try to do a new segment. Um, oh, ooh, I like this. Because I want to do it every week. Okay, all right. You touched on the games that you're playing last week. And they were current and I'm really cool. So old. Um, and I'm trying to realize, how does he have a job reporting about video games when he's playing <laughs> games from six months ago? So we're going to start this new segment, All right. Pat Relevant, and it's called, What is Pat Playing and What Does Pat Think About What He's Playing? Ooh, I so like Pat, this game. could you please enlighten the audience of what you're playing right now? Like literally right this moment, what am I playing? What have you been playing? Oh, I know you're not playing anything that I've been playing because I'm playing everything from the last like month or two. And you're playing games from the last, like, six years. The most recent game I played, other than Tap Tap Aquarium on my phone, which is a delightful game where you you collect coral by tapping on your screen, and then you get to buy a different fish, and I just bought a dolphin. Um, other than that wonderful game, which, oh my god, it's so good. I played Super Meat Boy the other day. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Is it that good? Did I get cred for Super Meat Boy? Uh, Super Meat Boy... Is a brutal, fantastic platformer. It is the hardest game I have ever played. Good lord! It, oh, it is. It will be the hardest game you ever played. Did you beat that game? 
No, absolutely not. Okay, I was going to say, I have mad respect for you if you beat that game. I, I'm stuck in, like, level four. No, um, shout out to Team Meat for that game. That game is, it was fantastic. When was it? it come on, 2008, man. 2008? I think so, yeah. I am not current. No, it might have been 2010. 2010. Okay. I feel yeah, better about yeah, that. Yeah. As long as I'm in the same decade, I feel like that's a win. You, mm, yeah, you need to play something, man. Um, uh, well, I'm getting injustice like, the last, too. Like, five years. Okay. So tell me, what do you think? What about Super Meat Boy? What do you think about it? Oh, I gotta break it down. All right, this is weird. The rules of the rules are reversed, and this is hard. I'm on the spot. Super Meat Boy was hard, hard, hard. What I liked about Super Meat Boy, especially, was how much it made fun of other side-scrolling games. <laughs> so. For people unfamiliar with Super Meat Boy, first off, get it, because it's great. Second off, you play as, like, a weird cube of meat. He's sort of like Meatwad from uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force, but, like, more adorable, if that's possible. He has a little bandage on his head. You are trying to get your girl back, uh, your girlfriend back, who is, I think she's a, oh, she's a wad of gum. And <laughs> she, in, a, in a dress with a bow on her head. And she was stolen by Dr. Fetus who is a fetus baby in, like, a fishbowl who wears, like, a tuxedo and, like, is a robot at the same time. And you basically control your ball of meat as he goes through... This sounds insane. It's the ramblings of a madman. You go through these stages. It's a platformer, and it's really creative. Uh, and you basically run really fast, jump, and can slide on walls. Really basic controls. Trying to avoid spinning uh, giant uh, saw blades, basically. And that's what the game is. At least that's how far I've gotten. I don't know how much crazier it gets. Uh, and I assume the point of the game is to try and get the princess back. I don't feel like I'm reading into things to assume that. This is an amazing game. It is fun. It's hilarious. It has these really bizarre cutscenes that feature the wacky characters that they have. The music is incredible. It's like this super badass, like, fast punk metal. It is an awesome, awesome game. I wish it was more recent because I love that game. Man, your reviews are hella good. What? Stop. Yeah. I'm dropping the Bay Area hello on you, too. That's how good that review was. What? Yeah, I gotta set my game up. Warriors! Maybe, uh, take some English classes or something. Good yeah. for you. <laughs> don't, don't take English so classes. So would you recommend Super Meat Boy to the um, audience out there? I would give it two snaps and a circle. Mm. Mm-hmm. Go buy it. Go buy that game. Just go buy that game. I think it was free. It's, if it's not free, it's like five bucks. Like, you don't have an excuse to not buy it. What a great story. Saving the princess, huh? Yeah, it was a, it was unique. I don't think anything has ever done that before. I think it's kind of cool how we're at a time with video games, and we can. I'm just going to briefly say this, but mm-hmm. you know, we're at a time with video games where I was talking to my roommate a little earlier about how, like, you know, Star Wars, the old movies, was all about good and bad. Yeah, and how the new Star Wars, you know, they're getting away from the that old good and bad story and focusing more on the gray areas because yeah. the way of old storytelling is, you know, getting done. It's done with like. This is a bad guy. This is a good guy. Right, you right. Know? So I, I think it's really cool that we're seeing, especially in Hollywood, we're seeing the transition from Hollywood to video games. We're seeing that in a lot of games with the ambiguous, like, is this good what he's doing? Is this bad what he's doing? Kind of goes back to little nightmares, like, um, are you the villain? Or are you a good guy? I, right. You know, I think we're in a really fun point in storytelling right now where it's not just the save the princess, um, good guy, bad guy thing. Um, we're seeing a lot of... Just some radical things being brought into these stories, which we can talk about in a later podcast, but I just wanted to bring that up. No, I think that's a good point, and it's absolutely true. It's Whether it is a a uh, byproduct of our current social environment or just as people watch the same narrative a thousand times, they kind of get sick of it. It's kind of like what we yeah. talked about last time. Like uh, At a certain point, you see the same story a million times, and it's good to have it shake up. Yeah, absolutely. So. 
I don't know. In any I'm, way possible. I'm all for it. Well, Eddie, uh, that is going to do it, I think, for this episode of uh, Namek vs. Sane. I would like to give a big thank you to Susan Eisenberg for joining us. She was amazing, and she's amazing in thank everything you. that she does. She is great. Um, You're right. the best superwoman ever. Aw. I'm going to thank my parents because I got put on blast by my mother because of your wonderful, sweet, just touching tribute to your parents last time. So thank you for that, Eddie. I passed, Mom. <laughs> Aw. Now you won again. Damn you.